Welcome to the Marriage Doc Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Brian Schrader. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, doctor specializing in couples therapy, and expert on dual couple trauma. I'm so glad that you chose to listen today and check out the podcast. And I'm really excited about getting into today's episode. Hey, are you a Pennsylvania resident looking for individual and or couples therapy? Go to www.themarriagedoc.com and click on the schedule consultation and pick a date and time to get started. Welcome to another episode of The Marriage Doc. I am Dr. Brian Schrader, your host. So today we're going to look at the ways parents can help in terms of if bullying is occurring with your children. Uh, I'm not ignorant to the fact that bullying can also occur with adults or between adults. That's very possible. We're going to focus in terms of from the parenting perspective. And, you know, it's such a sad thing. I, I know... I've heard many stories over the years uh, of, of parents having to grieve because of whether their kid killed themselves, whether they experienced so much bullying that it uh, increased their anxiety and depression to where they struggled to go out of the home, um, socialize with other people, interact with their family. There's a lot of really terrible things um, that are associated with bullying. I mean, I've uh, got some numbers here from the National Bullying Prevention Center, and it talks about how 41% of students who reported being bullied at school indicate that they think the bullying would happen again and again. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, that's one definition. I actually asked my son, one of my sons last night, what their definition of bullying is. And it would be when something, when somebody did something mean, but it would have to be repeated, right? So in that perception of, of, of one of my sons was it's a repeated act, which again goes with the statistics. And of those students who reported being bullied, 13% were made fun of, called names, or insulted. 13% were subject of rumors. 5% were pushed, shoved, tripped, or spit on. And 5% were excluded from activities on purpose. Um, one thing of bullying that I really feel is often not discussed is the negative impact that adults can play in bowling, right? So uh, I think a very uncommon thing that we, we talk about is how, for example, teachers uh, can be, you know, teachers, other adults who are, who are in a position of power, we can bully our kids, Right. I mean, that can come across as well. We have to be careful in terms of our parenting style. And I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. But the thing is, like, everybody needs to be educated on bullying. It seems like when I talk to people about bullying, they're very much concrete, whereas it's typically a kid, you know, picking on on another kid. And it doesn't just happen that way. Yes, it's very prevalent. We can go over the numbers here. Um, you know, in terms of one, one out of every five, which is like 20.2% of the students that were researched here in the study, 
from the National Center for Education Studies or Statistics in 2019 reported being bullied. That's one out of every five. And I'm betting that number is higher. I bet that is not an accurate number because it happens all the time. And we talk about as a society, how bullying is wrong and how we need to treat people correctly. You could even go back to the Bible and how, you know, I'm going to paraphrase here, but it talks about, you know, respecting thy neighbor, love thy neighbor, you know, treating people basically how you'd want to be treated. Even if somebody's not nice to you, don't, your job is not to get revenge on them or mistreat them. Your job is to be kind, show them kindness, show them grace. And how often does this not occur? Yeah, you could say kids are mean, and that's absolutely the fact. There are kids out there that are mean, and they can be so mean to each other, and that's such a terrible thing. But I think we as parents also have to step back, and and, and those who are in a position of power over children have to sit back and look at how do you carry yourself, and how does that impact the way that children view what is right and what is wrong? Because I'll tell you now, if you sit back and you treat somebody uh, in a disrespectful manner as, as say, for a teacher or an adult, um, kids are watching that and we are their role models. And that's something I think we need to get through our heads. I don't think some people understand that kids are constantly listening. Kids are constantly watching to see how we carry ourselves in situations, right? And I briefly talked about the idea of how uh, bullying can affect people in a negative manner, such as anxiety, depression, uh, here's another stat. So students who are both targets of bullying and engage in bullying behavior are greater are at greater risk for both mental health and behavioral problems than students who only bully or are only bullied. So people, people who take into account, not only are they being bullied, but they turn around and bully somebody else. Let me tell you right there is the perfect storm for mental health and behavioral problems. Why? Because this person is feeling powerless. So what are they doing when they're, they're feeling powerless because they're getting picked on? So what are they trying to do? They're trying to take power from somebody else by then bullying them. That is That makes a lot of sense in my you know therapeutic mind as to why that would lead to a greater risk for mental health and behavioral problems because you're getting both. And, and here's another really big problem. Youth who self-blame and conclude they deserve to be bullied are more likely to face negative outcomes such as depression, prolonged victimization, and maladjustment. That is the stuff that will stick with you. When you view yourself as the problem, when you get so bullied that you identify you must be wrong, something's got to be wrong with you in order for this person or persons to be bullying you. That is really a screwed up mentality to be in. And I've been there. All right. I, just a brief kind of story here. So when I was in high school, uh, even even um, I guess you could say middle school too, or junior high for those who, who don't go by middle school, I remember I'd be doing really well. Say, take, for example, in spelling. I was really good at spelling. Always loved spelling. You know, that was one of the class. Math, not so much. Spelling, yeah. To the point I remember one year – specifically in ninth or 10th grade that I was sitting next to some people and they saw the good grades I was getting and they literally picked on me, picked on me and picked on me about how well I did to the point long-term wise uh, within just a, a month or so into the, that class, I started doing terrible because in my mind, 
I wanted to not do well because I didn't want to get picked on because I felt like by doing well, I was setting myself up for failure and getting bullied. All right. Like, whoa, like what? Like, obviously, the adult me can sit here and say. Simply getting good grades is not a bad thing. And if somebody wants to bully you for that, they're an idiot. <laughs> you know, but as an adolescent, that wasn't computing. That wasn't working for me. I wasn't talking about it either. I wasn't coming home and telling my parents, you know, I was being bullied. I think my sister knew some of it. You know, I, I'm sure we probably talked about it here or there. But like it wasn't something where I came to my parents and I said, hey, I'm getting bullied. You know, this is happening. That is happening. That wasn't how it played out. So. So it's just in your mind, you can really put yourself in a bad place and you can take blame. And, and, and you can become the problem. And unfortunately, for some, that can lead to substance abuse. That can lead to severe mental illness to where you just kind of isolate yourself. That can lead to killing yourself, right? Because why do I need to be around? If I'm the problem, then let me eliminate the problem, which is me. And that's such a sad, sad thing that I, I want for no one. My wife, she... she uh, told me about um, this kid, and, and I don't know any specific information on him. Um, and if you read my blog that I put out yesterday on bullying, um, I, I went a little bit in and around this. Um, but so long, long story short, so this kid was getting bullied repeatedly, and he tried to kill himself. And luckily, some way, shape, or form, somebody found uh, out he tried to hang himself. And, and my wife said in this picture is, you know, marks from the noose on his neck and bruising. And, uh, you know, as he lay in a hospital bed and luckily he didn't, luckily he wasn't successful. He didn't kill himself. But I can, I can imagine as a parent sitting there with your kid wondering, what the hell did I miss? What could I have done? Is there anything I could have done? Like, because when we send our kids out into the world, we know that there's dangers out there, right? We know that these things exist, but we're hoping the best for our children. And then when they, you know, bullying happens and, and especially this situation, like, holy crap, I can't even imagine. I can tell you for a fact that, that my kids have been bullied. And I can tell you for a fact that it's not something that, they like to talk about it's not something that they go into often but it breaks my heart it breaks my wife's heart i know from talking with her when we when we hear these things because as parents we want to keep our kids safe the reality is we can't protect kids from everything but this is something that i really feel like we can better we we can we can support advocate and better means we can't stop every freaking bully. I'm not telling somebody to to find out who their kid's bully is and go beat them up. That's not at, that's not it at all. As parents, we we do have a role though as advocating, but also uh, in terms of of parenting styles, right? Helping our kids know uh, finding this this healthy parenting style, um, which I'm going to go into in a second. In terms of just being the best for our kids. Right. So there's a term called authoritative parenting. Right. And yeah, authoritative parenting, it combines two ideas. Right. 
responsiveness and demandingness, right? Responsing, responsiveness can also be changed with the idea of nurturance, right? Providing warmth, loving, understanding, being empathetic with our kids, being there for them, um, you know, not just kind of, oh, hey, you're home, I'm going to ignore you, right? It's trying to be a, a responsive parent so that your children can, and you can stay connected, right? When I talked about how my wife and I will talk to our kids and like, they'll tell us about, you know, experiences of being bullied here or there as it happens, or hey, if they had a bad day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be bullying, but just the idea of, of being on the same page, understanding what's going on in your kid's life, right? And, and I also understand having teenagers that that can have an ebb and flow to it, right? I feel like as my 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 13 year old is like a little less willing to talk about what goes on day to day. Not that he's always getting bullied or anything like that, but just in general, then maybe my my seven year old. OK, I understand the difference there. Um, and as my dog decides to go ape here um, as, he, as she's outside, we're going to just take a quick break and then I'll be right back and get into the rest of today's episode. All right. So I'm back. Um, so I was talking about authoritarian. Um, parenting styles, right? So authoritarian parenting styles in terms of being emotionally connected with your kid. So that's the responsive nature, the um, demandingness, or what I think that sounds a little whew, over overzealous a little bit, but the idea of having some control as a parent. So the idea is that we have boundaries set with our kids. We have rules, expectations. They can be age appropriate, but they need to be age appropriate <clears throat> and appropriately with the development of your child. The idea here is that, yes, we love you, we support you, but there are rules and expectations as there are in the world, right? If we just send our kids out, out of our homes as they get older and there's no rules, there's no expectations, there's a high risk that uh, they probably are going to get in some trouble along the way. Um, and this helps develop them as responsible young adults, right? Because at the end of the day, as parents, we want our kids to be successful. And this is a great way to help with that. Now, what is uh, interesting about authoritarian parenting, a lot of people get that confused, and this is what it is not. It is not, oh, my kid does something, they're the problem. It's not, it's my way or the highway. It's, these are the rules and expectations, we're going to talk about them, and you know the ramifications if you break them, but it's not, you know, I'm high and mighty. I'm also going to check with you. I'm also going to, you know, make sure I have a healthy connection with you because I love you, but you have to understand there are rules and expectations that you need to follow, such as something as simple as uh, if you're going to be out at your friends, um, you have to be home by five o'clock before dinner, right? These types of things. If you're not, then you're not going to go out with your friend. You're not going to go hang out with them. Um, it's, it's also not what I call blame the child syndrome, right? So there's, a, <laughs> there's something out there called blame the child syndrome. Oftentimes, when anything happens, um, some parents blame their kids and they take no responsibility for it. So, for, for example, say that you set a rule or a boundary, your child breaks it, and, and then you go and you hit your wife. That is not your child's. That's, that's not a healthy parenting style, right? That sounds a little probably extreme to some, but, but people will often um, take it as, as a kind of a free reign to do whatever they want. Here, here's what's healthy. Um, because if that sounds like an extreme example to you, I, I promise you that similar situations have occurred. But the idea here is, as a parent, we also have a responsibility of taking care of ourselves, our own self-care. So even if we, you know, I talked about the, 
the impact that hearing my kids talk about being bullied has on my wife and I, like we need to take care of ourselves. Like um, she has an exercise routine she does daily. She's like good uh, self, self-development type thing. She has healthy supports that we both do in our lives. Um, I like to do Reiki. I also meditate. You know, these are just some self-care things that we do on a regular basis so that when stressors come up that, you know, we, we're in a better frame of mind, but also going for walks, um, talking with each other, supporting one another. Family meetings are all ways to not just um, support the family, but also your own individual self. So just a little bit on, on the parenting piece. Uh, and, and why is family so important? Well, a guy I, I really coming up through grad school, really like Yuri Rothenbrenner, who taught at Cornell University, um, said, quote, the family is the most effective and economical structure for nurturing and sustaining the capacity of human beings to function effectively in all domains of human activity, intellectual, societal, or social, emotional, and physiological. So in other words, the family is where it all is, starts and ends with the family. And that's why as parents, we need to be there. We need to be supportive. Um, Don't just open the door and say, hey, you know, have a nice life have a healthy impact on your kids, because if you want to see them be successful, help them with that, help them see how they can be successful, help them understand how the world works, help them understand supports that they have. Don't just expect everything to go right and just, whoop, there you go. Um, these are some important pieces to understand in terms of working with our working with our kids and making sure that they have the most supports. I've also said yesterday, and again, if you didn't read, um, if you didn't read my blog yesterday, that's fine. I'm going to go over a little bit here just in the sense of family meetings. I hinted on that a, a minute ago, um, and it's really important. And these are not difficult to do. What you do is, is as a family, come together at some time, say 4 o'clock tonight, whatever, uh, pick uh, every other Tuesday, whatever. And you just sit down, and it can happen as frequently as, as you want it to happen. But I would definitely set it, even if it's once a month, for goodness sakes, Uh, These meetings don't have to last that long, set 15 to 20 minute timer, depending on the uh, topics of choice. And just ask kids like, you know, if there's anything they want to talk about, any thoughts, could be vacation. It doesn't have to be bullying. It doesn't have to be something bad, but it just helps families stay on the same page. It kind of falls underneath the parenting style that I talked about. Um, and, And what's really important is this creates a positive family climate, right? This idea of we're on the same page as a family. We have an understanding if there's important things coming up in terms of practices, meetings, whatever, trips, um, everybody's on board and is aware of that. Um, if there's any concerns, then it's an opportunity to discuss that. You know, obviously, if, if you have three boys like I do, and, and maybe one thing is a grade topic, and you know, you can just kind of say, overall, let's talk about grades. What are we going to do to bring them up? What are we going to do to keep them up? whatever that might be. If it's something that needs to be between mom and dad and one of the kids, then you can do that as well. It's not about embarrassing. It's about the idea of giving the kids a a voice um, within the family structure. Also making sure that there's boundaries and rules, you know, no picking on each other, no yelling, no fighting, no disrespect, you know, things that you would expect in, in a you know, in a conversation and also discuss like, Hey, does anybody have anything that they want to share? Is there anything that's coming up? Is there anything somebody wants to talk about, whether it's something exciting, something that's bothering them, whatever, and allow that opportunity. And also I could, I I would say put out there, if it's something that you want to talk to just mom and I about, 
that's fine too. But during this family meeting, these, these are some of the things we're going to talk about that we know of, right? So vacation, we need to figure out where we want to go, when we want to go, um, anything over the summer that people have going on, soccer camps, baseball camps, swimming, anything at all. Let's get the whole family agenda out there. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about everything and that, that comes up or needs to be discussed within this time frame. And again, doing this at least once a month can really nurture the family uh, and help everybody feel like they're on the same page. Obviously, I encourage you to still talk to each other in between these meetings, but this is just a nice way to, you know, get everybody together. And I would make it mandatory. I would say, you know, at this time, for this period of time, there's no reason why you cannot be here for that. Uh, another thing is, parents, we need to teach our kids how to handle emotional and interpersonal skills, right? We need to not teach them how to, how to deal with stress, how to talk to somebody if they're having a hard time, to how to ask for help. Also, you know, you know, just how to interact with people in general. If we see somebody like, for good sakes, I'll use my seven-year-old as an example. I remember, and nothing like immediately in, in the near past, but I remember before, you know, we'd go to down to the local pool and my my son would see somebody from school. It was a girl, you know, girls have cooties at this age. So it's, it's kind of interesting. But, you know, the girl would be nice, say, hey, how are you? And then my son would just kind of turn his back, make a make a crazy face and or a weird face, like disgusted and walk away. And I would stop him. I'd say, wait a second just say hi, say hi, and I'm good. And thank you. You know, it's something basic like that. And this, this is molding, right? This is the idea of helping our kids see how to handle these situations. You, you know, even if you feel like she has cooties and she darn well may, she needs to get tested for that, right? Uh, at the end of the day, like, be respectful. And this is teaching. So as, as they get older, they can handle these situations a little better. And that may sound silly, but it's really what we need to be doing as parents. We need to be willing and able to work within the moment of these types of situations. And, and, you know, as, as my boys get older, you know, 10 year olds often still think that girls, you know, they don't want anything to do with them. 11, 12, even, you know, as you're kind of getting up there it, and it's okay. As long as you're not being disrespectful, if somebody says, hi, you know, just say, hi, how hard is that? Right. That's another interpersonal skill, just knowing how to interact with people and, and understanding that it's okay to not like everybody, but being respectful to everybody. And I know my parents always um, told me, you know, uh, treat others as you would like to be treated. And I've tried to carry that on moving forward. And I hope I've done a well, you know, well enough job with that. Um, also, I, I think working with kids and helping them identify their strengths are important, right? So, so for example, um, two, well, all three of my sons play soccer. Two of the two are the older ones. And uh, one thing that I really do is when I go to their practices, what I try to tell them is, wow, what a great job in this area. You really seem to see the field, good communication on defense, like pointing things out or at home schoolwork. My son came home with 100% on a quiz the other day. Ah, oh, I couldn't have been happier with that. I said, awesome job. You did such a great job. I heard you studying. You know, you, you did a wonderful job putting the time and effort and you needed to get that green. You deserved it. My other son, like he, he likes to build, like uh, my one son was building a, a base outside in the snow. I told him, wow, that's really cool. And then he was drawing some of his dinosaurs and I told him how artistic he was and creative and how wonderful those skills are. And that's a real great strength to have. My younger son, he loves to point out different things about trucks that are on the road. And I tell him, wow, how awesome that is. And that's a really, that, that's really good that he knows all those things. I said, you know more about trucks and things like that than I do. And, and I think that's awesome. And daddy really appreciates you. Um, 
you know, and hearing you talk about these things, so it can come across the board in different ways. Um, also, I think it's really important. I'm going to put it in here in terms of uh, of also identifying your partner's strengths, right? So in terms of your partner, say, say my, you know, my wife, um, she talked to my son about, you know, uh, how his day was. A lot, like a lot of times what she'll say, whether it's dinner and the first time that she sees any of them, what was the best part of your day? And I tell her, I really appreciate how can, how you ask about that and how, how wonderful that is because that's such a great question to ask and your insight and willingness to do so is really appreciated. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, and I think we all just need to be able to identify these things. It doesn't have to be something where, you know, you, you spend an hour doing these things as they come up, identify them because that really feels good to have somebody point out strengths to you. It really, it, it does good things for the soul. Um, also on the idea of bullying, if, if, if and when you hear somebody's bullying your kids, expect to be upset about this, right? Expect to be upset about this, but manage your feelings before you go and talk to your child. <laughs> okay. One, one mistake I have made before is in, in, in a recent situation, actually, I, I heard about my son getting bullied and I was so mad. I was mad because I don't want anybody to ever mistreat my kids, parents around the world can probably understand this. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to respond but I knew I needed before I responded because the situation was a little different. This was a, a, an adult um, that I needed to respond to. It was me needing to, to deal with my emotions, right? Which didn't take me a long time to do. didn't take my wife a long time to do. And then we needed to talk about it and come to a plan of how we were going to approach this. And we decided to email, right? So that's, that's how we needed to do it. And then, you know, we asked our son, what happened? Just kind of, you know, from your perspective. And then once you get that, again, don't blame. No blaming of the child. Don't blame at all. Um, listen to them. You know, respect their position. If they don't want to talk about it, give them some space, right? And then kind of come back to the situation later and say, hey, this is why we want to know, right? Right? We want to make sure you're safe. Um, it frightens us as your parents to hear that you got bullied and we want to make sure you're okay. So, you know, you're not in trouble or anything. We just want you to know that. And, and that's why we're asking and kind of go about it in that sense. And, and I think as a family, as parents, that this is why we can be so supportive and have such a great impact because we truly care. And by, per excuse me, by practicing the, uh, healthy, appropriate parenting styles, our kids knowing that we generally care, um, and having these interactions on a consistent basis, it's not going to sound so, um, Oh, what's the word? It, it, it's not going to sound like we're trying to coerce information that we're pro that we're probing for information that we wouldn't normally ask about. Like, how was your day? Tell me about your day. It was all right. Well, tell me more about that. What's up? You know, these types of questions and, and just kind of going through it. Um, and again, make sure you take care of your own emotions before talking to your child about any bullying situations or any any stressful situations that come up so that you make sure that you can be in the appropriate mindset at the time. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for today. One thing I do want to do outside of the idea of bullying is my Fight Nice course is still available at a discounted rate, $69 for the rest of the month of February. Excuse me. Um, if you want to look more into that, go to www.themarriagedoc.com and click on the online courses tab. Then you'll be brought to the School for Real, Real Relationships and then click courses. Fight Nice comes up and click enroll and you are off to the races. All right. Any questions, go ahead and email me, brian at marriagedoc.com. Otherwise, I will talk to everyone later. I hope everybody has a wonderful week and uh, stay safe and make sure you're taking care of yourself. I'm out.